<laughs> That's as northern as it gets. I, I think it could not go more northern than this. <laughs> <laughs> This is Frisky. North of 60. We bring you stories about love Love and dating dating in the the North. North. I'm your host, Karen McCall, and I'm joined by co-host... Jordan Patrick. We are recording in Whitehorse, Yukon, north of the 60th parallel. Where it is winter seven whole months of the year. And it's not just a way of life dog-mushing. It's also a way to meet chicks. Gertie Pander. Have you heard of him, Karen? Just his name puts a big smile on my face. Um, I'm just pursuing or pursuing, perusing his Twitter page. Um, yeah, he 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 dances and and people love him. That's an understatement. Have you have you been on one of his videos yet? <laughs> no, which I think is a good uh, way of. Um, pointing out that you have you know in episode one um one of the first things when you were in the hot seat and I was asking you things one of the first things we talked about was this viral video you were in where you were playing the bagpipes and Gurdip was uh dancing yeah yeah I came out of my kilt um it was when I was living next to his like you know remote cabin we we have identity we had identical cabins and he invited me to do one of his videos um yeah, like Gurdip's all over social media. And when that one went up, it was one of many that went viral. Yeah, how many have you been in now? You've been in others since then. A Christmas I, one? Yeah, dressed up as Santa Claus for that with a kilt and bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got 121,000 followers on Twitter. So let's hope he retweets this episode. <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> it'll rocket us to stardom, right? But we should say a little bit about like the kind of dancing he does. Yeah. So unless you get into that in your interview a bit more. Yeah. Gurdip talks a little bit about it. Um, he's a Bangra dancer. Um, he, he, I think he made his first step into fame when he donned the turban on Dan Curtis, White Horse's mare. Um, then, you know, he's released... He's done dance lessons here in town and was, you know, had a very active social profile on Twitter. And um, yeah, I actually met Gurdip at a salsa dance lesson and I didn't get to chat with him much at all because in salsa, it's very much like gender binary. Like, you know, it's one or the other. You're dancing with your opposite sex. And so um, but we did get to chat a little bit here and there. And our mutual friend. Uh, also a musician, Lee Coven, introduced the two of us. And, you know, since then, we, we, we've been fast friends. After we did our bagpipe bangra um, video that got like, I don't know, a million hits or so, like within a week or, or whatnot, um, it, we were interviewed on national news where our poor connectivity in the cabin made trying to like make it look natural <laughs> that there was like this terrible delay, you know, because you know when it's live broadcasting, it's not like a podcast here where I could just push the space bar and then, okay, wait, wait, let's go, let's do that one over. So we would like hear what the announcer said and try to answer back as quickly as possible. Right. Cause there's already a bit of delay. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, Gurdip, he he makes these beautiful videos and basically he goes to all these beautiful locations around the Yukon and makes these videos of himself dancing and also noticing like he's like 
touched people all over the world. Like I'm just looking, he's got like cards people have sent him. Somebody made him like a hooked rug piece of art. Somebody made him like a 3D card. Like it's really, yeah, it's really nice to see how that positivity has spread. Totally. It's so, it's so powerful. And this interview with him, um, we dive into um, not only, you know, that, that aspect of his life here up in Whitehorse, um, in, in the Yukon, but also in intercultural relationships and what that's been like for him coming from um, India's Punjab and um, being Punjabi, you know, what that was like, you know, his dating experience before coming to Canada. Um, and, you know, we, did, we didn't get to get into it, but we, we actually, I'm holding a book as well that we, uh, that we were both starred in, a book called Not Cancelled, uh, Canadian caremongering in the face of COVID nineteen. Whoa! Um, it's a really cool book. It's super positive by Heather Down and Catherine Kenwell, and we both have a chapter. Um, we share this chapter, and it, where it's just like laughter is not canceled, kayaking is not canceled, rabbit and bear are not canceled. I don't know what that is. I haven't read it through all yet, but ours is somewhere. I think it's dancing is not canceled. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so. Wow, yeah. congrats. That's cool. You know, collaborating with Gurdeep has brought a lot of interesting experiences into my life and a little bit, a minor amount of fame. That's why I shaved my beard. So without further ado, unless there's anything you want to add. Yeah, just uh, thrilled that Gurdeep agreed to be on this podcast and excited to hear what he has to say. Me too. I'm super grateful. And you know, as we're friends, listeners, you'll probably pick up that we have a very good rapport and it's a very fun interview. So here it is. Hey, Gurdiv, how are you? I'm doing great, Jordan. How about yourself? Fantastic. I'm sitting here in my studio with my pal Gurdiv. We have a connection, you and I. Yeah, we have a great connection. We are neighbors. Yeah. We, um, I, I lived in a cabin outside of Whitehorse, Yukon, um, on the way to Lake LaBarge and we, uh, we were neighbors and you invited me one day to do a spontaneous collaboration. Yes. Yes. That was one of the amazing things we did together while being neighbors in the wilderness. Like, uh, you played bagpipes, amazingly played and I danced Pangra to your tunes. And the video of that collaboration, it went viral. It went viral. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, I'll do an intro later. Um, but like, you're an internationally renowned person. And I had a small part in uh, having fun with you and sharing like the wonderful dance and joy you bring to the world. I think you played really good and big role as well. Uh, you brought sound. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I was just happy to bring the kilt. I think most people just see the kilt, they see it moving, and they're like, "That's cool. That's cool." <laughs> and people really liked uh, the matching of kilt with my sweater. <laughs> yeah, something with the argyle sweater, right? It was, yeah. <laughs> it was just you know, it was meant to happen, and it was so beautiful. So, what's banger dancing? Pangra dancing is traditional dance from Punjab. Like it was created by farmers, uh, Punjabi Sikh farmers, a long time ago to celebrate the harvest season. Um, 
harvest of crops like uh, mainly the wheat crop and some other crops too and even after after their hard work by end of the day because uh, long time ago farming was manual it was tough um, they used to dance pangra just to express their joy um, and to bring positivity and just to dance together like showing unity so yeah it came from farming community in punjab so um, that's why it also has a great connection with the land yeah, speaking of land, where in Punjab are you from? Can you can you tell me what was your where are you from and what was it like? So, I was born in a small village. The name of village is Siyar. Um so I was born in a farming family. So my parents uh, they had a uh, um, like big open farm. Um we used to grow crops like wheat, rice, uh, sugarcane, sunflower and some other crops too. Uh, yeah, life was great. Like growing up in a village where we knew everyone, um, uh, like people, they were taking care of each other. Very humble life, very away from a modern technological uh, world. Um, very naive people, very innocent people. Uh, yeah, just working in farm and just, yeah, after getting tired from hard work, just getting a nice sleep and then next next morning starting uh, that day again yeah life was simple it was beautiful uh, that's how my life started in in my village wow that uh, now i mean i know like we when we lived in cabins like there's an outhouse and there's no running water how is that different from the village you come from did you just come from like one lifestyle to a matching lifestyle in Yukon Canada <laughs> <laughs> i would say that yes by living in the cabin in the wilderness of the yukon i tried to match my village life cuz <laughs> in in my home in my village in punjab uh, we used to have had uh, an outhouse so yeah there's a lot of similarities and also living in open space just in the nature on the land yeah it it is a great similarity so i found those some similarities i'm curious since this is a podcast about dating what is dating like in punjab uh culture like how like for someone who's never traveled there and having lived in both countries and dated in both countries um What's kind of like, what's your perspective of that now? Like, So over there in Punjab, like dating scene nowadays is different than dating scene it used to be when I was growing up over there. I am noticing a lot of change uh, in the last couple of years. At that time, dating was uh, kind of non-existent. Oh. <laughs> no or, dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There was dating, but it was more more like uh, teenagers or people who were looking for someone special in their life. Like they, they were doing more like uh, on their own secretly. Uh, but yeah, there was a dating scene, like uh, just having a crush on someone and then um, proposing someone. Uh, but... Everything was hap- happening under the cover, like away from uh, cultural norms, because uh, uh, it was uh, uh, like society was a bit traditional or like that. So yes, people were falling in love with each other, 
but parents would never come to know at that time. <laughs> oh, this traditional. What's the traditional like perspective? Like, what's the traditional view on dating? There. Why is this all such a secret? <laughs> I think it is exciting because when you are... <laughs> <laughs> nothing more exciting than a secret love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you are doing something uh, which uh, you are not going to disclose to any single person maybe you you are going to disclose to very close confidential trusted friends mm. who you think that they are not going to tell anyone else so it's like that then there's a lot of excitement and uh, and also you are you are not going to see that person you are in love every single day um, maybe there are some rare chances to see that person because uh, everybody has had, had to hide their love at that time Whenever there was a time to meet, it was very special. And uh, like you were starting uh, like your countdown so many days ago like that. That that day is coming soon when I'm going to see person of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to focus on my studies, so yeah. hard to do my work. <laughs> yeah. And, and and yeah, and it was it was really exciting. It, and and people were um, people were uh, um, when they were not uh, uh, with with their with their beloved with with their special person and they were expressing their creativity by writing very great romantic poems or writing songs or singing songs um yeah a lot of songs came out uh during that period when uh, they were just dreaming and those songs they are really 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 like touching the, the similes and metaphors in those songs they're amazing like <laughs> <laughs> some of the best poetry ever written right yeah you yeah <laughs> so is it i'm just picturing bollywood right now <laughs> yeah it's something like that <laughs> like you live in a dream world uh, where nobody knows only just some confidential trusted people knows about it and uh, and yeah and you you are just uh, uh, like floating in that uh, that 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 in that world like so, so sort of you're on clouds and you're floating uh, yeah although it was not open it was not that liberal as it is these days now things have shifted but still uh, it was uh, it was something people look looked forward to it like uh, like i heard some friends talking about their love stories at that time oh my god their their faces were so happy with excitement as soon as uh, like there was a news that that someone fell in love like it was like hoo hoo <laughs> <laughs> give me the gossip right <laughs> and what and what happens if the secret love is no longer a secret what happens when the parents find out sometimes then there was a trouble <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet yeah it it also depend depended upon family to families mm -hmm. um some families were accepting and some families were not so in some families, uh, then their parents told their kids that, oh, they don't improve it and you'll have to stop it, something like that. And there, there were heartbreaking moments as well. But in some other cases, when parents, they thought that whatever their children did 
okay, so you did it. Now it's time to get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we know, and we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start talking about marriage. Yes. Yeah. Like, like you can't stay in that uh, state forever. Mm. Uh, that is not acceptable in society. So, like, just to make it legal, um, like, accepting you just get married, and mm. after marriage, things would be... Perfect. <laughs> See, what comes to mind for me right now are two things. One, you're a Sikh practitioner. Mm-hmm. Are there views on dating and and marriage and relationships in the Sikh religion? Uh, like coming from uh, spirituality, coming from religion, uh, like it started a long time ago when um, there was no dating scene. I would say that 600 years ago. As a religion, there are no views on this, like... Mm. Not any kind of views, but yeah, culturally people developed some practices. As I mentioned that traditionally people were not in favor of uh, like uh, before marriage relationships. Mostly there had been arranged marriages where like parents or grandparents or relatives or some people, some trust, other trusted elders in the families, they would find a match. And that's how people were uh, getting married. But I I think that uh, uh, 20th century, like last century, was uh, the century when people like uh, starting started more open, uh, people started making more advances, uh, people started uh, like uh, falling in love with other people. And it started becoming more and more normal. I've seen uh, in my childhood that uh, some people who were in in love like uh, lovers like uh, like then being a couple like getting married their love stories and also interestingly on one hand these type of love stories or love relationships they were not openly approved by the society mm. but on the other hand we have great heroes in our culture whose stories come from their love stories. Mm. And we have a great poetry about their, uh, whatever they did, like 200 years ago, 300 years ago, 400 years ago. Like, uh, there are very famous stories, like a story of uh, uh, Sasi Punu. Uh, like, they were two uh, two lovers, like, they fell in love. And, and now there are books around their love, and and so, Sohni Mahiwal, uh, like, uh, and they fell in love. He Ranja is another story. Like he was woman, and Ranja he was man. Like uh, uh, Ranja used to be sort of prince in in a little territory. He left his territory uh, when he uh, found a beautiful woman. And he fell in love with, with her. And uh, and in that story, uh, he faces many challenges. And he went to that woman's village. And he uh, and they gave him a job to become their servant. And he accepted to do that job for 12 years. 12 years just to find his love from the family. And... Uh, and yeah, these 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 are considered <laughs> legend stories in a culture where uh, 
like these stories, uh, these love, love relationships were not openly accepted. But now things have shifted a lot. So now if I give you what is happening these days, these days, like due to this globalization or media, or thanks to internet uh, and more education, like uh, people learning like different things from different countries. Uh, nowadays, there's a dating scene uh, in Punjab. Um, so so I, I'm noticing that, although I'm not talking about a gap of hundreds of years, like I'm just talking about a gap of just... Uh, maybe 15 years or 20 years, uh, like a lot of things have shifted. Uh, like these days I'm noticing that youngsters, uh, like they are g more openly going for dates and, and they are parents, they, uh, they appears to be more accepting and recognizing. Although in, in, in sub, some sections of the society, there's still resistance um, to open relationship, but uh, on the other hand, there's a mo lot more acceptance these days. Mm. Yeah, with globalization, right? Mm -hmm. Like more traditional arranged marriage approach. From what I what I learned about uh, arranged marriages um, was that, like you described, like there's there's elders who know the families and know the people, and they do a lot of research to find a really good match that would last, you know, one's whole life. I, I assume, right? So. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting stories out there about maybe the the pros of arranged marriages, but you have all these all these forces about freedom and expression and and so yeah, this is why I love doing a podcast on dating because love is so interesting and I think I think like learning about how it's different from where where, where you come from from Punjab is is really interesting uh, to hear. <laughs> to hear the story about the the you know staying with the family as a servant for twelve years, <laughs> I mean I think most people can maybe put up with their new their in laws, the parents of their their wife or husband for maybe a weekend a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know those stories. Um, uh, they are very fascinating, and and they they are stories of true sacrifice. Like there's another story. Um, in that story, uh, woman. Uh, she asked, uh, she said to her, her lover that uh, she's hungry. Her lover is thinking in the story that what he, he can arrange to feed her. So, but there was, they were in such a, such a place that there was nothing uh, to bring as a food. And he said that, okay, I'm going to cut my thigh and bring my own, uh, own, own flesh out of me. And I'm going to offer that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! So, so that much dedication, and uh, and I'm I'm talking about this story, which is a couple of hundred years old story. It's not like like 15, yeah. 20 years old. When, when humans were tastier. <laughs> <laughs> humans were tastier and they were more about like uh, keeping their commitment and keeping mm. their trust. Yeah, something. It's a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Old stories <laughs> are uh, not to be taken literally. Yeah. Maybe 12 yeah. years is more like uh, as long as you can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you come from this this culture of like, you know, there's some traditional views of how to enter into relationships. And at some point, you decide, hey, I'm going to go to Canada. Wh when did that happen and why? 
so when i was a university university students like at punjab university like students we used to talk about different countries of the world and we also used to talk about canada like we used to think that canada is a great country it's a peaceful country never been on a war with any other country Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mostly peaceful. <laughs> yeah, mostly peaceful. Uh and uh, although we if we went um to other country we went more like a peace peacekeeping on peacekeeping missions. So uh, like like through those discussions I started thinking about moving to a different country just to learn about uh, uh, about the other world like different world and uh, then i i i started think that could canada could be a great place to go there just to expand the horizon so in 2006 i moved to canada and uh, i lived in different canadian uh, like provinces i lived in bc saskatchewan alberta although i traveled to everywhere in canada and then finally coming to the yukon around 10 years ago So so yeah the story in Canada it has been really fascinating. How is that? I mean traditional family values was your family did they know about you dating abroad were they supportive about you dating I don't know women from other <laughs> cultures or were they like you should get a good Punjabi woman? <laughs> I would say that yes from my family there was that type of pressures but uh, like a few people they knew but not everybody yeah it was very it was very different and unique coming from such a culture where where arranged marriages are still considered um good good relationships uh, like being in relationship with with a western woman northern woman on top of that but i think that uh, uh, like despite the language barrier despite uh, uh different skin colors despite different cultures uh, we were able to connect we were able to find the common ground that 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 that, that kind of opened my 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 heart myself towards other cultures like you know uh like sometimes only one person can we medium to see the whole big culture like uh, like through that experience i got exposed to a whole new culture like whole new traditions like for example i i'll tell you i didn't know not know nothing about christmas um, like uh, although i knew that like christians they celebrate their festival but other than that i i did not know much many details like many um like santa claus <laughs> yeah santa claus and uh, like that christmas tree like so like uh, w- when christmas came and that was quite learning experience for me and I, i was telling that oh i i totally didn't know this whole tradition before and it it opened me so much like like such such a like hands on education like it was such an such an education for me like not just learning about one person through that person learning about the whole culture like i i told before that i i never knew about that christmas tree bringing a christmas tree yeah it it might be surprising to you that hey uh, the christians all over the world how come you did not know that but i grew up in 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 a place where there was no christian 
there was zero Christian. I totally didn't know nothing about the mm. other world. So I was learning, I was observing, uh, like uh, like the socks, uh, like uh, I, I was getting surprised that I never saw before like socks being hang being hung on a tree. It's first time I'm seeing. <laughs> 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 so uh, and and similarly and through me learned um, a lot about my culture like uh, like uh, how i wear my turban how uh what people in a uh, sikh culture they do uh i think uh, it brought, brought uh, not two people it brought two cultures two religions together and and what i preach through through my my dance, like cross cultural bridges, uh, there's a lot of inspiration coming from 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 the relationship perspective to where where, where the love was formed. Uh, through that love, there was learning, like learning through love. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 yeah, that's where some of my experiences were at that time. Wow. Mm, that's really nice. A question I like to ask people now is it's become my question mm-hmm. is what is something you've learned about yourself through these relationships you experience in having interracial relationships with others? I think the lessons I learned uh, has been has been really good, very positive. Although when we are in a relationship, sometimes things don't work the way you expect. Sometimes relationships also don't work the way you expect. But if you, we set that aside, if we just focus on positive side, for my experiences, whenever I've been with someone who is coming from totally different background than I, I learned their language, I learned their culture, I learned their religion, I learned uh, the way they live, I learned, uh, I learned a lot. I, I felt that, uh, I felt that uh, actually they, those people are just like my people. Like same emotions, same sentiments, same smiles, same cries, same hopes, same fears and same anxieties. Then I realized that actually the differences we see, they are superficial. Like those differences which we see, they are created by some narrow-minded people. But at the end, everybody from their core is same. So this has been very learning experiences for me uh, like from these interactions racial uh, connections. It's been such a lovely conversation with you, Gurdeep. Really appreciate you sharing your story. i wondering if, uh, I know you've written some books and you have, uh, you have social media accounts. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners today if they want to learn, if they want to see any of your amazing Bangor videos, if they want to read anything you've written, if they if they want to just connect with you in some way. So my my social media accounts are my name, my first name, my last name, like uh, um, everywhere. My handle is my first name, Gurdeep. Uh, my last name, Pandeer. So 
so people can go there and connect. And my my website is gurdeep.ca, where people can also connect. Um, yeah, um, so so these are my social media channels. Great. How do we say um, thank you in Punjab? In Punjabi, we say tanwad. Tanwad. Tanwad, Gurdeep. Tanwad, Jordan. Tanwad for having me. This podcast, as well as music, was produced by myself, Jordan Patrick. If you got any comments, opinions, feedback, or do you just want to be interviewed for our show, lend us your perspective. Lend us your voice. Send us an email at uh, frisky. North of 60 at gmail.com. That's frisky north of 60, 60 at gmail.com. We're looking for sponsors. Have you got a product or event that you think other Yukoners would dig or just couldn't do without? Communications are open, so fire us an email. Until next time, keep it frisky.